Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Triplano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who, like me, is hoping that you will join us for our discussion today, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. Uh, yeah, I don't have something clever to say. There's so This movie is so like burned into my brain between... Yeah, yeah all of my experience with it and doing the musical it's just like indelibly burned into my brain yeah i forgot that you did the musical but yeah that'll be uh uh we have a lot of uh sidebar for this one uh, and preamble i suppose but uh this movie i think there's this i think it's the velvet of underground this is attributed to so uh, if you if you're out there and you think i'm wrong you can let us know on the twitter but there's this thing they say about the band The Velvet Underground that at the time that they released their album, they only sold 30,000 copies, but everybody okay. who bought one of those copies started a band. Okay. So it's like talking about how the fact that like it wasn't this hugely, you know, you know, it wasn't they weren't the Beatles, they weren't the Rolling Stones whatever, but they were massively influ- influential. And I feel like this movie is that. Like this this is 1982, a great year for movies by the way. We're going to get a lot it's a of solid really good it's a solid years. Yeah, this is one of the greatest uh, movie years I think. 93 is also a big one, isn't it? 93 has some great stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's like, you know, once a, once or twice a decade, there's like a big year where you're like, holy cow, like as time goes on, you look back on it. 82 is a, is a huge one. Uh, 80, 84 might be another big one. I'm, I can't remember. There's a couple in the 80s, but 93 is a solid year too. But anyway, um, so this comes out in 82. And I feel like if you were to look at special effects people born between, say, 1972-ish, and maybe, like, or maybe it's a little, goes a little further back than that. Like, people who are maybe in their 20s, so it's, like, maybe you're talking, like, late 50s, like, people in the early 20s, up up to the 30s, up to, like, maybe if, you know, 1990. I feel like there's, like, a 30, 25-year period or so, where if you're born in that year and you go into special effects... This movie is one of the reasons why. Like, if you were to take a poll of people who work in the effects. I can see that. You know, the makers behind the movies that you love. If you were to be like, so what were the movies that, like, made you want to do this? I feel like a ton of those people. Makeup, too. I feel like a ton of the people in that that side of filmmaking. And obviously, there's directors who love this movie, too. I mean, we can talk about all this stuff later. But it just, in watching this, it's like, it has the great energy of a bunch of friends getting together and creating something. Mm-hmm. But every one of those friends is actually very talented. Like, I was going to say, get... but, but normally, normally that that attribution attribution is like, it's not a great end result. But like, yes. this is a very solid end result. Right, right, right. Yeah, this is such a great movie. It's it's the epitome of the Robert Rodriguez philosophy of figure out what you have and figure out how to make a movie around those things. Is like, yeah. I got a car. I got a friend who can do this type of claymation work. We can do this type of special effect. Okay, so like, how can we fit all those pieces in the movie? It's like, okay, well, we make a really small movie. We put it in a cabin, do all those things. So this is, the first third of this is, relatively speaking, a remake of the first movie because there were some rights issues. Um, and we can we can do we can try to keep the general Evil Dead lore to a dull roar because I think both of us know all of this stuff. And I yeah. think I think you either 
I think you either already give a shit about that and know it, or you do not care about that at all. And us listing it all off would be a torture for you. So I'm, I, I think we need to intersperse it as we do it. But I, w- I'm going to say I, I'm going to try to be conscious of not going down every yeah. Evil Dead rabbit hole. I, but yeah, uh, the, the the TLDR is just that they lost the rights to the first movie. So in order to tell a good sequel, they had to essentially remake it in 15 minutes so yeah. that they could then tell the story they wanted. Yeah, which I think is actually really pretty effective here because it, it does. Is. It it the the reason why this movie works so strongly is. Wait, did you tell them what movie we're doing? Because I didn't. Okay, all right. Well, you're right. We I got I got excited and I got I have a lot of things to say. So I do too. Uh, but we watched Evil Dead Two, and you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the eighties. It's your meal replacement bar of a movie. Something goes your meal replacement bar of a movie. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. A pretty good one. Thank you. Yeah, there is I'm no filler. In by the way, it's gonna be you're gonna, people are gonna be like hearing you remind me how to do the show. <laughs> remind you how the show years. happens. Yeah, it's like, hey, don't you don't you do this like all the time? Didn't we just do this four days ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie, like like the best crab cakes, has no filler. Yeah, like, exactly enough to hold it together. <laughs> like literally a teaspoon of breadcrumb. Yeah, in this whole movie because it's. 85 minutes long like it's i it's think it's under listed 90 as an, i think it's listed as an hour and 24 and i think that's a little generous yeah so like there's no room i really, like if you write like looking down to write something write a note i would look back yeah. up and be like oh we went that far oh shit uh-huh. i should i had to like pause more often than i normally do because there's no padding I took I took way less notes because that kept happening to me. Yeah. I was like, well, I'd rather just watch the movie. I have like, like, like significantly fewer notes than yeah. normal. Yeah. And it's like I mostly with this movie is one of a handful of ones that I feel like is a close friend. Like I just needed a good catch up sesh. So it's like, you know, I there's like I want to make sure I get all the nuances. There's little pieces that I have forgotten that you always forget. But this is another, like, I, I was talking about this recently with another episode, it might have been Terminator, about how I've been rewatching stuff less in the last 10 years. And, and this is one that was in that pile that I just hadn't watched this particular one. I might have watched yeah. Army of Darkness more recently, but. That makes sense. Um, I have just, like, such a deep love and fondness for this uh, series of movies, really. But it started for me with. I was in uh, a class in school and. We were doing some. It we both Andrew and I were in this like, I don't know how to do say this without bragging, but it's it, I guess it's somewhat necessary to the story because people would be like, "Why are you doing that in school?" We were in this like smart kid thing. I it was don't know, just called the gifted program. That sounds less. Well, the gifted program sounds way more ostentatious to me. Like, oh, we were gifted students. Whatever. Well, because because some... to me, smart people implies that I was like, I don't want I. I got in more for creativity and cleverness than yes. I did for smarts. Yeah. It was basically like they had this program in our middle elementary middle schools that was like looking for kids who were bored all the time, not because like the material was too low for them, but because they just like 
wanted to do stuff. <laughs> and so they it was like yeah, they needed really, more really, stimulation. Yeah, it was like like very much like, oh, you probably have ADD or ADHD and we don't know that. Like I I've never taken the test and I don't believe in self-diagnosing, but I am like fairly confident that if they tested me, they'd be like, yeah, you're definitely like on this thing. Yeah. Uh, just based on my own behaviors. I but do anyway, have it. I'm medicated yeah. for it. Well, you have it and our, our brother has it. And I, it's like, I almost certainly have it. I just wasn't ever tested. So anyway, all that to say this, 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 this class that we both were in, there was like a lot of unusual things that were like still educational, but just unusual. And so at some point we were doing uh, Shakespeare stuff. We were, I, I think we ended up maybe doing them outside of class as well, but a lot of it was done in class. And somebody was trying to explain an idea they had for like a prop or a costume, and they brought in the DVD of Army of Darkness, and they didn't watch the movie. They just like fast forwarded to a part and showed the teacher the thing they were thinking of to like get some help. And so I was hmm. in class, and this this movie Army of Darkness is sitting on the desk, and. I, I pick it up and I'm what, looking what, at it. Do you remember what prop it was? I don't remember the the reason. No, and I, yeah, that's uh, what I've got is all I've got. It was something about medieval times. You know, yeah. it was catapult related. I really, I, I have absolutely no recollection. But I remember picking the the box up and looking at it and, and turning it over, and it was the cover where it almost looks like the Star Wars cover where Bruce is like kind of standing mm-hmm. and the and the. Um, I can't you got the thing that. in the air, the boomstick in the air. Yeah, and I can't remember the the character's name, but the lady's kind of like at his leg, much like Leia in the Luke Skywalker poster. It's it's referencing, mm-hmm. and I was I'm like flipping it over, and I'm like, huh, what is this thing? And then like I ask about it, and the teacher I think was like a little bit of a B movie person, like enough that she kind of knew what it was. Is this middle and or elementary? It was middle, and I don't. Rem- I know you're going to ask, and I don't. No, no, no. no. I, just, I was like, if it was elementary, there was one teacher. But no, if it was no, middle, it was there middle was school. There yeah, was, yeah. There it was, it was middle school. Yeah. So and and I remember her talking about it a little bit. And then she told me what student had brought it in. And I like found that person and asked them about the movie. And then we we talked about it a little bit. And then I rented it. And I just instantly was like totally in love with it. It was like super weird and and silly and also a little bit scary, but not in a way that really messed me up. But it had like when it w- w- Army of Darkness in particular is pretty much a comedy, but there's like moments where it goes for a scare and it works effectively. And I was just like, so mesmerized by the, what I now know to be like the direct, the direction and the direct, the photography of the movie. But at the time was just like, this doesn't look like any movie I've ever seen before. Like they're doing stuff that's breaking the rules. Like I, like I know what a movie looks like. I'm in eighth grade or seventh grade. I know what a movie looks like. And this movie constantly is just like doing whatever it wants, which is like what you can do that. You can spin the camera in a circle. You can like make it. Your name's Sam Raimi. You can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so I remember very excitedly showing it to you which you were definitely probably too young to be watching it <laughs> of course i was, I was. great uh it definitely was a situation where mom's like can andrew is this okay and i'm like yeah it's fine and you you know i but it was like the very the the very beginnings of, there were no boobs so it was fine yeah exactly there's just a few scary monsters but it was the very beginning of our relationship where I would like show you something and see if you liked it. And it was like, you know, the trial and error of like, is it this? No. Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Cause you know, we like, we, we had bonded over some stuff, but like, obviously we were close. I'm not saying we weren't, but it was like, you know, do you like this flavor of thing too? Like, is this, and you know, influencing somebody's taste. You were young. is just like, Oh, let yeah. me, let me like, try this bite. Try that bite. Try this bite. 
we went to Chicken Guys and you pulled all the sauces off the wall. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. which sauce is it? Yeah, which do you like? And then it's like, you know, obviously you had your own interests and things like that, but this Focus is where... Focus was bringing me back. Yeah. But this is where our sort of like shared love of this type of movie comes from. I, it's At least to my memory, there's probably yep. other... So, you know other bits in the stew and whatnot but army of darkness is the one and so then it was like oh well i like this one there's two other ones so then it's like i watched them probably three one two would be my guess in, in the first time i watched it yeah and the first one has a lot of the same energy of this one but is way darker well the first one is just a horror movie yeah the yeah. second one is a is a is a is a horror comedy Yes. And then the third one is a comedy with a few jump scares. Mm-hmm. So, like, starting at the third and going to the first immediately is sort of like, eh, it's not exactly the yeah. same flavor. And I remember a neighbor down the street. Um... No, I remember it because I remember the story. Okay, so so my, my friend down the street, she's like, hey, you know, looking for a scary, because we would watch, me and my friends, we'd watch scary movies together. That's where I first saw the Halloweens and, and all that stuff. And she's like, oh, what's a really scary movie? Like, we're looking for something really scary. And I was like, I thought Evil Dead was really scary, uh, the first one. And so she borrows it, probably at, at that point, a tape from yeah, me. Yeah, it was the VHS and, tape you had. Yeah, yeah. And she, I, I did not know this at the time, at least to my recollection. It was 20 years ago, so who knows. But at least my recollection is... She did not tell me this was a movie she was planning to watch with her whole ass family. <laughs> oh, she yeah, that's was not to watch a movie. And so she like borrowed it from me on a Friday, say, and then Monday she gives me the tape back and she's like, uh, a tree rapes a woman in that movie. And I'm like, it does. Yeah, it's really messed up. It's very scary. And she's like, yeah, I watched it with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, girl, that you yeah. you did not provide. Yes. You did not provide the rubric. That's yeah. not that's not on you. It's like it was just like, oh yeah, no, that probably sucked. That was probably really bad. Um, anyway, all that to say that we both have a ton of fondness for these movies, and and it, I, I certainly can't really assess this objectively because this is like uh, you know a, a, a core memory. Movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's also you know the first exposure I had to you know, the B movie or early exposure to the B movie and, and the start of like us really enjoy like seeking out a specific flavor of movie to watch together and, yeah. and like figuring out the genesis of figuring out what those flavors were starts with army of darkness. Obviously it's, you know, significantly larger than that. Uh, you know, since then, you know, we watch all sorts of stuff together in this podcast, but that this, the, essentially like the base, this podcast doesn't exist without me finding army of darkness on that teacher's desk that day. It would be my guess. Yeah. Cause it just, it became like a thing that we shared. So I have a lot of, you know, a lot of love for this franchise, even if I haven't watched it in a while, it was just like, you know, putting this movie on, which is on HBO max right now. It was like, Oh, my old friends are coming into town. Like, it's so good to see you all. You know, pull mm -hmm. up a chair. Tell me what's going on with your life. I had another Evil Dead overarching thought that I have forgotten, so it'll come up later. I'll take another tangent, but we've we've tangented a, tangented a while here, so I suppose we should start talking about the movie. Yeah, it's the same prologue as the musical, word for word. Oh, that's right. The musical was the part I was going to talk about. Yes, go ahead. Um, no, I just uh, I've seen the musical twice. I forgot that you were in it, but you and I went together. I think we've told the story in the podcast before. I've seen it twice, performed it once. Okay. 
uh, I think we've talked about on the show before that, you know, going up to see this in New York, we like took the train up and stuff and they were, they spray, they spray blood all over the audience as part of the gimmick. And so we were in the front row, we put on white t-shirts and got all splattered with blood and took a picture with the guy who played Ash, um, you know, who totally carried the Bruce Campbell vibes into it. But so like, you know, it's like, not only have I seen these movies, I've seen the musical. This is one of those, one of the, uh, there's a few, but this is one of those few franchises that just kept pumping out alternate DVDs. And so I had like probably three different versions of this at different times. Uh, at one point there was like a DVD that only had the alternate ending of army of darkness. And then they had to put out (laughs) the one with the different, and it's just like, I have so many copies of these. I have both evil dead and evil dead two on DVD in an edition that looks like the Necronomicon, which is the book that starts this out. Oh, right. I forgot about that one. Do you not have those? I don't think I have that one. No. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I have, I have. So on my horror shelf upstairs, I have Elvira's book now. Uh, but I, it, she is covering the, what used to be the Necronomicon that I made for my costume oh, in college. Okay. But there is, um, we have. Oh, that's right. It, Both of us were Ash the same year, so we could text each other questions about how yes. did you make this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we made chainsaw hands and the Necronomicon and stuff. I think we have up there also. I, I want to say it's a beta. It's either a Betamax. Or a VHS okay. tape of of the first Evil Dead, like Linda, with her hand. I think I think it's okay. supposed to be Linda, like hand yeah. up, reaching. It's probably it's probably my VHS copy. No, it's 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 Jack's actually. It's, oh, okay. okay. He had a couple that were like VHS. clearly purchased from a going out of business rental store. Oh, okay, okay. So we get the this claymation version of the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It's like flipping through the pages, uh, done in, in claymation. And we get like a quick recap of what happened in the first movie, sort of, except that we, we're going to replace some of that stuff. So it's like, you know, yeah. we get some of it. Because the, the first movie is Ash and his, is it five people total? Four? It's five college students on their way okay. to an old abandoned okay. cabin in the woods. That's, that's right. I should know that. I've heard this song enough times. So it's Ash and his girlfriend and then his best friend and his, and his girlfriend and then Ash's sister. And then, you know, the, they unleash the demons. They all get murdered one by one and Ash survives at the end. In this version, it's just Ash and his girlfriend going for a romantic weekend in the woods. It's not really clear how he knows about this cabin. Like, there's no indication that he's paid for this cabin. No. I think so. it's one of those situations where, like, I've watched the first scary movie enough times that like watching scream and how, and I know what you did last summer. I'm, I get confused because I remember the spoofy thing. So sometimes it's right, like, right. I remember the musical so much that I'm like, is it in the, just the musical or is it also in the, one of the movies Right. where they right. talk about, it's just like some dead guy's cabin. Yes. Yes. Um, but what I, this is like early on in the movie, you get exactly what, what's going on here. So we've got Bruce and his girlfriend. Is the bridge talking. a miniature? That yes, cross? That's, I, I, that literally, that's what I wanted to talk about. There's a pointless miniature shot, which is like, there's no reason for it to be. In well, the movie. I think it's so that no, it, they, they did it because they needed the, the later bridge scene of the right, destroyed you, bridge. You, you could have just filmed the car driving over a bridge. Like they just couldn't like it's there's no way it's not cheaper to just find a bridge and show the car drive over it as opposed to making the miniature. I guess it matches a little better because it's a I think I was I think it's for matching purposes cuz then you'd have yeah. to match whatever your miniature is to exactly what you shot. 
Yeah, but it's just, I mean, the fact that you had to ask whether it was a miniature is, you know, indicative of how well done it is. But it's just, this is like immediately what I'm talking about where it's like, oh man, that looks so cool. And the only reason it's in the movie is because it looks cool and it was fun to make. And Mm -hmm. every, every prop, everything in this movie is like, well, that'll be fun to make and it looks cool. And that's the justification for this whole movie, which is, um, this is not a criticism, (laughs) but it's like, that's why this movie I think is so influential among those circles of people, because that's just like the dream, right? Of like, you get to, you get a bunch of talented people together and just make the coolest shit you can make. Yeah. Uh, So it's, they, like they said, there's no filler. So like they're in the car, they have four lines of dialogue that are crucial Uh to like, let you know who they are, where they're going and why they're going there. And then we just smash cut to them at the cabin already unpacked and like enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. And he's playing the piano, which they, it only happens in this movie. Well, I don't think Bruce can play the piano because you never see his hands. Oh, okay. That's it. That because, be, because I was like, Oh, is this Bruce's special skills section? And then I was like, Oh, they never show him actually playing the piano. No. And it's not in either any of the other movies. It's just an interesting decision that they made because um, Linda starts, Linda dances, and then that's going to come back later, which is, I think, my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, it's really, really unsettling with the dancer. Um, so it's a really pretty waltz music, and then we get the... Did, did you catch, uh, it, I, it's the first time I ever noticed this, but so Linda's doing some sort of ballet adjacent moves. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would call it. It's like modern lyrical. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like slow spins and stuff. But did you clock her hair because it is straight up cartoon character hair? Yeah, it's silly looking. It's, it's real it's silly like, looking. It's a forty five degree slope from the middle of her head down to the like right behind her shoulders, and then from the back of her neck to the end of the hair is like just a completely flat. It's like they 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 put enough product in the hair to make it straight, and then just cut it flat off the bottom. It's it's very bizarre looking. Yeah. And then we get the 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 jewelry that the series loves that I doesn't really make sense. No, it's a it's magnifying glass necklace. Yes, yeah, and it's in every one of these that has the like Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, and the remake all have this like magnifying glass necklace. And I'm always like, why though? Like it's you'd think it would be used to like burn something uh-huh, or uh, like examine re- something. It's never used as a magnifying glass. No, no. And I, it's like to the point where I'm like, maybe it's not a magnifying glass. Like maybe it's just glass, which is even stranger. Either, either way, it's a weird necklace then. It it looks like a hand mirror, but it's a, it's a where the mirror part would be is just a completely uh, transparent. It looks like a, well, I always think of it as like a monocle that you'd have a little, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit of a handle on yeah. it so you could like. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh. It's very, very strange. So and Ash is, he gives her this and then he immediately starts just like exploring the cabin. Like it's kind of an no, odd. He, he says, I'm going to go get champagne. Right. But he doesn't like, he doesn't like go on a mission to get the champagne. Like, look, it's a romantic weekend away in the woods for presumably a college couple. Maybe it's just post-college couple. I would think this guy's got one thing on his mind. It's I'm going to yeah. give her this romantic gift and then we're going to be romantic together, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, And then instead he's like, hey, I found a tape recorder. Like, well, because in this movie, like, but... it's just out. Yeah. Because Ra- yeah, in the first right. one, it's it's, just, it's they have to go into the basement and find the stuff. 
Yes. There is a basement in this one, but for some reason, the Book of the Dead and the and the tape recorder are just like sitting out. Yes, yes, and and then later the basement will come into play, but they don't make them go down there first. No. So he turns the tape on, and we get the um, I would I would say iconic Sam Raimi two by four shot. Yes, where you just screw a camera to the middle of a two by four and have 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 two dudes grab either side and just run through the forest really low. It's incredible looking, and it's insane to me that no one thought of this in filmmaking before he did it. No, like well, it, I think it's truly, because most... he invented a shot in 1980. You know, well, it's because like, most things weren't doing, like, the first time you ever really were the POV of the killer was, like, in Psycho 20 years before. Right. They never wanted the audience to feel like the killer or the bad guy until the 60s. And then from there, you would start to see it in slashers, but you still weren't really getting it in, like, sp- spooky spiritual stuff. Yeah. It's just really fascinating to me is, like, you know, I made the Velvet Underground reference and not to keep making, you know, music reference, but this is like a really punk rock movie. Like it's very DIY. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all, you know, it's all uh, free spirited of like, hey, we'll do whatever the hell we want. Like there's no rules. It's just we're just making we're having fun with the friends. But this is an early part of independent cinema as well. Like there are other I mean, certainly oh, yeah. it's not the first independent movie, but it's an early part of, you know, independent movies in America and independent movie. It's like much like beer right you know these these sort of like and and punk rock music too is like somebody comes up kind of finds a way to have success outside the system eventually the system eats them and co-ops them and you know they don't they don't exist anymore but it's like you know the same thing with beer is like now budweiser makes fancy you know why aren't we making money off of this right 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 and so you had your chance yeah but it's it's fascinating to me because like the only thing i can think of as an analog and this is just my own brain i'm not saying there are no other analogs but I remember it's probably Inside Man. It might be earlier than that, but it's a Spike Lee thing where he's got the uh, and this is like a technology thing that like technology evolved to where they could do this. But they have this thing where they rig a camera to point directly at an actor's face in like a really tight close up, and then the oh, actor. That, I've seen that shot a lot now. Yeah, the people call it the Spike Lee shot because he 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 he, he first used it, or at least I've heard it called the Spike Lee shot. I, I don't know the actual origins, but I'm pretty sure it's from spike where it's like cameras in a hyper close up of the face and they're like running. So they're sort of like steady in the frame, but everything else in the frame is just like crazy looking. Like it's like mm-hmm. wild bouncy movement. You'll um, see it a lot. If you ever watched like when they send celebrities through haunted, through haunted houses, yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. rig that they put this like that celebrity in for yes. frame of reference. Yeah. 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 Uh, and there's definitely some, if you, if you Google spike Lee shot, you know, you know, you'd probably pull it up too, but it just, it just, it's like, that's two big ones that I can think of. And they're both like by movie standards, very modern. We've been making, you know, movies since the early 1900s and no one yeah. thought like, Oh, bolt a camera to wood and just have two people run with it. <laughs> like it just never occurred to anyone because you could, you could use this not to be the killer POV necessarily. It could just be like it chasing something. I guess it's still the POV in that point, but I don't know. Yeah. It just is like, it's just amazing to me that like it's not a very complicated idea, right? Like no, Spike, not at all. With the Spike Lee one, it's like a particular rig that just couldn't. Like at a certain point, it became possible to do because of the, the cameras weight were of smaller. materials. Exactly. 
but this is just like the dumbest idea and no one had it. It's I don't and I don't mean that critically. Like it's amazing looking, but it just is it's just such a cool part of this movie and it's just like, well, you can't do that and it's like, well, I don't care. <laughs> What do well, I, I mean, I, I imagine that this is like the 70s, 80s is where cameras started to get lighter. Because yeah, in the 60s, sure. you were still like on a rig, on a dolly. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still very like old Hollywood. Yeah. But in the true. 70s, it's where they started like steady cam. So there was started yeah. to be like, okay, one dude can carry this. And it's likely a 16 millimeter camera, which is even smaller. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, he uses it all the time. It's one of Sam Raimi's. It's one of two like things I think of as Sam Raimi signatures. The other, which we'll get to shortly, is like the montage of super short shots of like drawer open, screwdriver with a bit twist. of a zoom. Yeah, yeah, that uh, Edgar Wright uses a lot. You know, very effectively as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's this incredible. You know, camera running through the woods, crashes through the window into Linda's room. The the glass breaks in huge pieces, which makes me think it was actual glass. Yeah, uh, I mean, with Sam Raimi, they're probably yeah. like, hey, who cares? Uh, so I, I hope everybody was okay. <laughs> but the, this actress definitely gets attacked somewhat by giant pieces of actual glass. And then she gets possessed, and she looks really Beetlejuice in her possession. She does look super Beetlejuicey, yeah. Like when he becomes the snake. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's an insane shot where <laughs> Bruce picks up a shovel and whirls it with one hand and decapitates the dummy. The head goes yeah. rolling. And then the um, he buries her because we have no time to waste. It's, no. it's basically like, I'm, I'm like, it feels like a TV movie where they're like, we got football on at eight o'clock. And if your movie <laughs> isn't done, it's done. <laughs> You have one hour to air the movie. Well, it's a it's a ninety minute movie. I don't care. You have sixty minutes. Make it fit, <laughs> and just, also ten minutes of commercials. He just slides a pair of scissors across the desk. <laughs> like, what's this for? I think you know what it's for. <laughs> just keep pushing it. At Taps. Him. Just gives yeah. it a double, a little double tap. Uh huh. Yeah. So he buries her, and then the uh, the two by four shot runs through the house, like breaking down more doors until it hits Ash, and like sends him flying through the air, rotating around and spinning. Yeah, yeah. I he must have been so sick, like physically ill from all of the stuff he's doing in this movie constantly. It's like yeah. any goop we can throw on you, any spinning we can do, we can jerk you around and hang you from the ceiling on wires. Like anything we can do to just destroy your body. It's basically what Hitchcock did to any blonde actress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he really is kind of a final boy. He's the he's a final boy. Like the first major final boy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's uh, I think what's great about it is that it doesn't feel like macho bullshit where it's like yes. I survive because I'm Chris Hemsworth, although he right. no, spoiler alert, doesn't in his movie. Yeah. Um but it's just like, I survived because I figured it out and I have a lot of chutzpah. I mean, honestly, it's really more like I survived because the director wanted me to. Because I still, I've seen this movie, I don't even know. I, I couldn't, 20 times, more than 20 times. I still don't understand how Bruce undemons. It doesn't make any goddamn at sense. All. <laughs> and that's why the musical makes fun of it. Because yeah, it doesn't so, make any good goddamn sense. Yeah, so he he demons out here, and it's really gnarly, cool makeup. I think they made him put like these. 
if I remember correctly, really gnarly contacts in because his eyeballs. They all, all the white. deadites in the first one and him had to, and they couldn't see. Yeah, they they look like a piece of a ping pong ball, as if you took mm-hmm. like Kermit the Frog's eye and just like stuck it in a human's eyeball. Yeah, and not good. Uh, really gnarly effects. He's like all messed up looking, but then he just like undemons. It's because I always thought it was weird that he demoned out right here. I was like, right, but why? Like, right. What happened? Yeah, the other one, at least, like, I can draw the line of, like, oh, okay, like, he saw the thing that connected his human side and he fought back. Like, that one, at least, I can go, okay, I can hand wave what you're doing. See, I think this one is more, is I think this one makes more sense than the second one. Oh, why does this one make more sense? Because the sun came out. Oh, so it's like a werewolf. Well, the whole thing is that, like, they say dead by dawn. Which always, to mm. me, implied a time, like, if they don't get you, like, the Sanderson oh, sisters. Oh, I see. If they don't get you by dawn, then the sun you, comes out and they are you, banished. Yeah. Oh, so deadites only come out at night. Okay, all right. I've never thought of it that way, but it is sound logic. That is sort of what I went with. And then that's why the second time I'm like, what the f-? Like, I thought it was sunlight. Yeah. Because in the musical, yeah. they say, he's like, I saw my girlfriend's necklace and I'm fine now. <laughs> and she goes, well, she was wearing the necklace and she's didn't turn out fine so like yeah. why are you fine right right it's like well it's just because she was wearing it doesn't mean she saw it and remembered her humanity you see yeah uh the other the other part of this that's incredible is the from an effect standpoint is the scene where the like milky white eye rolls back to to, to it's brown gross look it's it yes. in the best way possible it is gross yeah. looking i mean it's definitely not his real eye it's some, no that is a glass they, they, yeah, they put a yeah. they put a doll eye and they yeah yeah covered it in plastic and they injected it and then played yeah. it in reverse yeah exactly so much of the things that so many of the things in this movie that are fun is just like they ran the film in reverse and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's cool looking when you do it right. Like my favorite one is later when the fog retracts and it's uh, it's can, so cool. But you can clearly see like there was two fog machines <laughs> that they just like turned on max and then mm-hmm. you know did a time lapse and then just like cut it back and because you just see it erupt like a fog machine. Yeah. Playing backwards is always a, a a great trick and it's a cheap trick. That's like that's why they use it at the end of carry, because it's, right, it's right. interesting looking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's magically back at the cabin. Yes. <laughs> and then just saving a few minutes of walking through the woods. Yep. We'd, hey, for that is like my number one complaint in bullshit movies where I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't need to see unless you're going to tell me something or something's going to happen. Right. I don't need to see people walk in. Right. Right. Don't uh, all these. That's the really the, like all these bad, cheap movies that want to be like fun spend so much time with characters. It's like, they don't get it is like, just be 80 minutes long and all good stuff. You're like, yeah, I don't need, I don't need this that movie. much dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Or be Tremors, right? Like Tremors yeah. does not, has, has Tremors one. Short? Tremors is short and it also has like only one sequence where characters like sit down and talk about something and it's like, a, you know, they have a little heart to heart and it's because there's a monster downstairs and they're mm-hmm. like, well, up here we're safe. Now what the hell are we going to do? And they have it's like the scene a little... in Jaws. Right, right. In the boat. Right. Yeah. We have a, can... a moment to breathe. Yes. The scene between the first attack and the second attack is where that goes and nowhere else. Exactly. I don't need because people. There's a joke. People are like, people don't talk in the like, people in movie world don't talk on the phone like we do in the real world. And I'm like, yeah, because it's fucking boring to listen to. Right, like, right. If I yeah. have to hear you say hello, this is blank. Who is this? Or like, hey, yeah. blank. I saw you on the call. Like, I don't. 
Skip yeah. to the part where I need to know things. Right, right, yeah. You don't want people in the movie to go to the bathroom as much as you go to the bathroom, and also, like, uneventful trips to the bathroom shouldn't be in movies. Exactly. That's not a thing. Like, if, if you go in there and a terrorist hits you with a toilet seat and you have a big fight, that's one thing. Or you hear someone make fun of your dead mother for being a slut and then get attacked yeah. by maybe not a killer. Right, exactly. What were you referencing? I'm pretty sure that's a scene in Eraser. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was um, the, pin, a- the the ice hockey movie, we, the, Claude, the Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> ice hockey movie again. <laughs> it sounded like it. It does seem like it. No, there's definitely, if it's not Schwarzenegger, maybe it's a Tom Cruise movie. 100% I watched something not that or maybe one of the james bonds i've seen a fight in a bathroom i don't remember what movie. oh you know what you know it's 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 a mission impossible because um uh handsome superman with his mustaches in it looking like a tom of finland model oh they fight in the bathroom okay okay i think there's an arnold bathroom fight as well but i don't remember but there's 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 also i think a pretty good bathroom fight in that batista movie i keep talking about that's a ripoff of the ice hockey movie you're talking about (laughs) There's a pretty good bathroom fight. So anyway, I'm fine with a bathroom fight. I just like you don't want to see somebody just like walk in, pee, wash their hands, nod at a person at the other sink and then just go about their day. Like it's a waste of everyone's time. So yeah. anyway, cut it all out. Just like trim the fat. Does. Yeah. I don't remember what got us to the bathrooms. Um, oh, because we were just you, you were talking about how like. He doesn't. We don't watch Ash walk back to the cabin because it's yeah, just, like he's irrelevant. magically there. And, and like it is part of the phone. It is part of the, like, he knows something is weird that he is back at the cabin despite being, like, rocketed through the woods. Right. So, like, that's cool, too. And then there's a, a demon face on the cabin, very much like uh, Amityville. Yes, yes. The lamp in Amityville. Ash or whatever your name is. <laughs> Ash or whatever your name is. Carol or whatever your name is. Uh, uh, CR Amityville for the evil escapes, awakes... We well, we can link to the um to that well, video I, you made. I'm, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I can I can suppose that. Uh, also, I, I told Andrew this on text, but there are now three more Amity films eligible for the podcast with our new expansion. Oh boy! Now with more incest. <laughs> One of them literally has the word "lamp" in the subtitle, so no. I feel like we have to go. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have to do this one. I probably although. That one won't have Academy Award winner Patty Duke in it. <laughs> That's true. The youngest Academy... Or no, maybe she's not anymore. Really slumming it, Patty Duke. <laughs> Patty Duke in an... Oh, honey, roll. <laughs> Patty Duke in a... I need this paycheck. <laughs> Patty Duke in Mama's Gotta Pay Your Mortgage. Yeah. I um, have three kids and they all gotta eat. <laughs> they all got college. Two or three. At least two. In real life or in the movie? No, in real life. Isn't Patty Duke Sean Astin's mother? Is she? I, I, I just maybe so Patty Sean Duke. Astin. Patty Duke is uh, was Helen Keller in the Miracle Worker. Patty Duke has 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 famous children. I'm pretty sure it's Sean Astin, but I, I don't. I'm not going to look it up. Oh. So I refuse to look it up. Yeah, that's I, I'll look it up after the show because I'm curious. Um, so he sees the face and gets in the car and drives and speeds off towards the bridge, but unfortunately. The bridge is out. <laughs> That's literally how I wrote it phonetically. Me in my too. Notes, by the way, <laughs> I wrote it out phonetically. Yeah, uh, and it's these 
great like we're gonna have to figure out a backdoor way to do uh to do that movie uh but it's 95 <laughs> i know it is no true lies there's just literally no reason to do it whatsoever but we're gonna have to figure it out it's gonna be have to be a leap year maybe so uh it's these great like very tim burtony the bridge kind of looks like fingers I think mm-hmm. there is a, a nightmare that does that too, and I'm on Elm Street that does that. The diving board, I think, turns into like. Oh, it does have. It, I could see that being a nightmare on Elm Street thing for sure. I think it's a diving board in like the fifth one. Okay. Um, so he's trapped, and then the sun goes down, and he because w- this part may, is why I think it's the sun. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you said goes, it, I was like, "That's a great theory." It just never occurred to me before. It is fu- it is hilarious that the sun just came up like I don't know six minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, in movie a time, very not short even. Day. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah, and the the demon comes out, and so he drives through, and he drives all the way back to the cabin. Um, and as he's being chased, it's really it's a really funny thing. Like Sam Raimi gets comedy and horror, yes. which I think is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. When we're the the de- when we're the you know the de- deadite demon whatever POV, there's this like, yeah yeah yeah, and then as soon as we're at following Ash, it's just silent. So it literally the sound of the movies are like, <laughs> yep yep, as you yep. switch POVs, and it's yeah, so yeah. funny. Yeah yeah, and then this honestly might be my favorite sequence in the whole movie where. He he's being chased through the cabin and the the all the doors are already broken. So so there's nothing to shut behind him. Yeah. So it's like he the first door gets the one door gets ejected off of its uh, hinges, like flies forward. The fact that no one got hurt is genuinely shocking. Another door like busts in half, but he finally gets the one that can close and he closes it. And then that's the one I think that gets ejected off the things. I think so. Yeah. This cabin is only like five rooms, four rooms. It's a small space. It's like yeah, it's like a living room and then a hallway with like three room, three or four rooms, and then a yeah. kitchen, yeah, area, yeah. Plus, so the it's like a galley. It's a, the whole thing is a galley. Yeah, yeah. And so he is he is literally running in circles in like it's it's as if you were you know because rooms cabin, are connected and right right but I mean the whole cabin is like maybe twenty five by twenty five like it's not a very big like the outer yeah walls, it's you know, it's probably maybe, maybe thirty it's but yeah thirty by thirty but it's it's not a particularly large space but it is constructed in such a way that there are many small spaces within it and so bruce campbell is just running through all of them on a loop like just trying to get away but there's nowhere to go and then finally he gets far enough distance between him and the demon that it like can't find him and it's such a fascinating thing because the it's very muppets it's very Muppets. But also, I, what I think is so interesting about it is we see the Deadite inhabit humans, but we never really see what this entity looks like when it's not. I was thinking that human. too. Yeah. But despite that, with just the camera acting as the point of view of the, of the monster, we see it look for him, decide he must have gone outside almost shrug and then go outside like yeah like like it's such a it's such an incredible there's so much personality in a camera yes yes that's exactly the way to put it 
It's amazing. It's just, I mean, it's just great filmmaking is what it is because Sam Raimi is incredibly talented, but it's yeah. just, it's he incredible. knows what he's doing. Right. It's just, it, I just think it's really incredible. It's, it's super, super cool. Uh, we find out that Ash actually is hiding in the basement, which is not a place you want to be. Not oh, the no, no, no. So we cut to Annie, uh, who was not in the, the original. No. Uh, but she shows up, knows what movie she's in. Yes. She's like, this is a B movie. I'm giving you B-movie. We're all yeah. going to have fun. Basically never acted other than this, by the way. A lot of people in, the, in this movie were that way. Right. She had one small uh, part as like very clearly like a featured extra in one other thing, and that's it. Yeah. Well, the guy, uh, Eddie, just works at QVC now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is he on air? I think he is, but he really okay. doesn't talk about this movie. Like my, f- oh, okay. I have a friend who works at QVC and has like chatted with him in in work context and like casu- yeah, yeah. very casually out of work context. Yeah, and she was like, "Yeah, he just does not. He does not talk about it at all." Has has your friend brought it up and he shut it down, or it just has never come up? I think it's sort of a he doesn't talk about his acting past. Oh, okay, all right. What if, what if he doesn't care for it? That's fine. That's, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, would you? Have, I was like, obviously, you're not going to be like. So you were in a mo-, like, yeah. I, but like, I was like, I know you like these movies. Have, right. Has it ever come up? And she was like, no, like it. His past really doesn't. He does not like to talk about it. Oh, I guess oh, he's trying to be sad. like a serious man now. Yeah, or maybe you know he was doing a thing he doesn't reflect on fondly, whether that's you know relationship or behavior or whatever. I mean, whatever. You know, people have all sorts of reasons. People are complicated, but I would not be able to resist to be like. Uh, I, it would have to be like a totally fine if you don't want to talk about this, but I, uh, anytime you want to talk about it, I'm a big fan of Evil Dead. You know, I'd have to yeah. ask. I just have to say one sentence that I'm a big fan of Evil Dead, and that is the last yeah. sentence. That is the end of the sentence. Yeah, you don't yeah, have to, it, yeah. It doesn't have to go farther. That could but be. That could be. I just want to let you know. Yeah, that yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan. Yeah. So he plays not. He plays Eddie. The, which one is Eddie? Eddie is the assistant. Evil Eddie. He's a bit part demon. Okay, not Jake. Not Jake. But Jake is, is the man from is the woods. Jake's, is Jake's name Jake in this movie? Because I I truly don't, don't know because okay. all of my notes say Jake. Okay, all right, because that's the problem. I, I think it is because the musical references Bobby Joe. I yes, that is for sure the same name in both of this and the musical, and I assume that it's the same name. But I was like, does this guy not even get a name, and they just made up Jake for the musical? But uh, anyway, we should be it's a possible. little more clear for those who haven't seen this movie. Uh, Annie is the son of the professor. The daughter. (laughs) Yep, that's right. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Talking about a bunch of men and then switched to a woman. Uh, (laughs) Screwed that up, really. (laughs) Annie is the daughter of Professor Nolby, who is uh, the the person who was in this cabin. Uh, She is with her... Boyfriend, Bo? assistant. Okay, it's her boyfriend who also works for her. I think she, I think he is her dad's assistant. Okay, but she also works for her dad. And this is Eddie. And then and that's Eddie. They are trying to get to the cabin. They find the bridge out, and uh, we're going to call him Jake, even though the movie may not. Jake is there putting up the signs to say, "Hey, the bridge is out," and he is he is done up in movie language as like the slack jawed yokel idiot. You know, he's got bad teeth. Yeah. He's wearing overalls. He might like I'm shocked he has a shirt on under these overalls. It really truly wild. And then he has a lady friend whose name is Bobby Joe. Who is not in the musical except by name. And that's only to say that 
well, Bobby Joe really only served to get raped by the trees, and we already did that in the first act, so we yes. didn't put her in this show. Actually, Bobby Do- Joe doesn't get raped by a tree, which I think is a huge improvement. She gets attacked it, by a tree, but it doesn't actually... The first movie shows you way explicit, too much. Explicit, yes. Yes. It, I'm fine with it being implied that this tree did like murdered her and we don't really know what else the first movie is explicitly a sex a rape scene and it's yes <laughs> i don't yeah. care for that scene well the the remake is is hard is even harder to watch I, with the I, I know and I, i'm just like this is not fundamental to the plot guys it was a bad tasteless idea in 1981 how are you putting it in the remake in 2013 yeah it, it's i've never it's one of the few times that i've seen like sex crime in a movie and not been like Ugh, get this out of here. I'm always like, well, that's just a thing. <laughs> it's just part of evil. Dead. I don't like, I don't, I don't love it. Like, I think it's very, but it's done in a way that makes me feel like it is not shot in a way to be like, isn't this cool? Yeah. Which yeah. I think, t- which I think is why my brain is not mad at it mm. because the, the, the shot is not, nothing about it says like, <laughs> isn't this fucking cool, bro? It's like, yeah. no, isn't this horrifying to look yeah. at? Yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes, it is horrifying yeah, to look at. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's really bad. It's really bad. So she, if, you, she, if she, you're doing she, an Evil Dead movie, you need a magnifying glass necklace and a tree rape. Is Those the magnifying your... glass necklace in the remake? I haven't watched it. Yes, it is. It's wow. made of wood. <laughs> it's a wooden necklace. Yeah, but I'm it's only, a I... fucking magnifying glass again. I own like a fancy version of that on Blu-ray, but I've only ever watched it the time I watched it with you in theaters. Oh, really? I've watched it a couple times. Actually, one of the first dates, one of my first dates met with my with my boyfriend, I had him come over. I was like, "Hey, because we were talking about Evil Dead, and he like he really likes fucked up horror movies. Like uh, he's okay. like Silence of the Lambs, and and um, he likes Rob Zombie and okay. like that shit. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, this is the grossest thing that I know." Um, so. <laughs> Do you want to come over and watch it? <laughs> yeah, this is a thing I've been talking about a lot lately, and I apologize if I've done this on the podcast, but, like, my limit is movies like this. Like, I, I I, like it when a head gets lopped off, but I don't want it to look like a real person had their head cut off, which is an important distinction for me. It's, like, it's fine if it looks silly, but I don't want to see a realistic, real, I, didn't, I don't want any realistic depiction of inside parts on the outside. My thing is, I don't want it to feel mean, which like sounds stupid, I know, but like, yeah, horror movies can either feel mean or they can feel fun. They yeah. really never feel like both. Yeah. And Rob Zombie movies always feel mean. I'm, I, I agree with your point there 100%, but I'm more talking about the fact that like what used to be the end shot of special effects in a movie is now just like regular. Like this is a very, very, very mild spoiler for the show yellow jackets. But in the first episode of the first season of yellow jackets, a soccer player gets tackled, like slide tackled by another player. Like there's foot to foot contact. And instead of being like, Oh, my ankle's broken. She has a compound fracture. Like you see bone sticking through skin on the first episode of this, like kind of supernatural drama show. And I'm like, who is this for? Who wants to see this? It's so gross. I was like, you know, my fiance really hates it. I don't like it. And both of us are just like, why? Why, why, why? But it, like Good a compound know. fracture would have been 
like the end shot. It would have been in the last five minutes of a you know an eighties horror movie, a nineties horror movie, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not something that you open with. It's like ten minutes into the first episode of Yellow Jackets, yeah. and there's a, a I still bone. need to watch that. You should. It's you'll love it. It is like I know so I will. entirely your shit. I know I will. It's all it ladies doing doing crazy it things. Could it could not be more your shit? But yeah, I just it's just like. What really? Like really? You needed to show me a compound fracture in the first fifteen minutes. I needed to see this girl's shin bone. That's part of what I needed to tell the story. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get that. But I think that's my distinction. Always ends up being like, does it feel mean? Like no, no, is I, it, I, that's is a, it that's like perfectly salacious, hostile Eli yeah. Roth bullshit? Yeah, where it's yeah. like. Ooh, isn't look at this torture? I'm like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't want to. No, I to- I totally agree with what you're saying. I I think that is a, a really great way to to define the thing that I also don't care for. But I just frankly, think it's just- Guillermo, I think Guillermo del Toro is the only one who it doesn't feel mean and it doesn't feel fun. I don't know what it feels like, but my yeah. body doesn't always love it because yeah. like they're like the fucking the bottle smashing in Pan's Labyrinth into the face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Horrible. that is guttural, but I'm like, yeah. it still doesn't, it feels, it feels different than what, how, I, I don't know how it feels, but I don't like it. Well, it's a, I mean, I think what that scene you described is a very talented person exactly picking a feeling and making you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the, the new Halloween movies, I always, they feel mean. It feels yeah. meaner than the original, yeah. and I just... There is a full-on bag of soup in the second one that came out. Just the Halloween Kills is that. I, what it's I was I hated that movie. It's so much. I hated it too. But like that particular scene, I was like, "This is in." It's not like we always joke about the bag of soup, and I'm always like, "Hey, I want to see it in the movie." But what I want to see is a shot from the top of a building of a person fall, and then there's a big blood splatter. Halloween mm-hmm. Kills. A guy jumps off the roof, and then we watch his An body innocent hit the ground. Man. Yes, yes. An, in, an innocent uh, uh, person Mentally, with mental issues. With mental like, issues. Mental health issues, like severe mental health issues, commit suicide, and then we watch his body hit the ground from like four feet away in close-up, and I was just like, I, this is unbelievable. I, I literally saw it coming, and I, I turned to my fiance. I was like, you should, you should close your eyes. <laughs> this is, yeah. like, I could feel that, I could feel what they were, I was like, oh, I know exactly what they're going to do, and it's going to be incredibly disgusting. I hate it. Anyway, let's get back to this good movie. Uh, <laughs> this is a very good movie. Yeah. De- deliciously uh, fun player piano stuff. Super simple. Like player pianos are just a thing that exists, but we don't think this one is a player piano. And so when it's yeah. doing that, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's weird that like the modern equivalent of player piano, are those, the, do you remember the ones, the, the keyboards with that would light up? Uh-huh, to uh-huh, tell you uh-huh. where to push next. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm picturing like these, these, those scary scenes in old movies where the piano is like a, <laughs> playing itself, but it's like the the BJ's <laughs> fleet of Casios with, yeah, the, yeah. with the light up keys. Yeah, and that would be a great set setup for like a, a horror movie set in like a BJ's or whatever, like that kind of store. Yeah. and it's just like <laughs> no, it's it's the entertainer. It's oh. <laughs> 
and the person's just like smashing them with a baseball bat or something and then there's just in pieces the next and then one lights up and uh-huh. picks up where it left off and the broken one is still doing it out of its fucked up speaker so it's like <laughs> like those like when those greeting cards are old uh-huh, you're like uh-huh. this is a five-year-old talking greeting card yeah. and it's like <laughs> <laughs> Exactly Yikes. that. Exactly that. Uh this is this is the scene we were talking about that earlier that I said is is my favorite in all of them. And I like my boyfriend happened to come down at this time and I was like, stop, watch this. This is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh Linda's body gets up out of the grave and starts dancing and then the head rolls in and jumps back onto the body. But it's all done in stop motion claymation, whatever. And it is so like base level unnerving to look at but you can't look away yeah i was i was really having like a a round and round with myself because i i happened to watch this movie the same night that i watched a really we were looking for like a fun b movie and we put on geostorm which sucks like don't it's not it's really it's not fun it's not even fun no, no. But it, the director of that wrote like Independence Day and a bunch of Roland Emmerich movies and then this oh, okay. is one he directed. But that movie has some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. It's like asylum level CGI, but it's a hundred and twenty million dollar movie and it just looks horrible. And it's like Are there big stars? Like is that where the budget went? Gerard Butler. I uh, the Phantom of the Op- the Phantom of the Sunburn. I mean, it's it, no, it's Gerard Butler and yeah, he played uh, the Phantom of the Opera. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like the cast of this movie is oh. nobody famous. Gotcha. Uh, what's that dude's name? No, it, there's no. It's not. It's it's not one of those movies. Isn't John Cusack in that one? No, you're thinking of uh, a completely different, but similar. the one with the the earthquake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, w- both my fiance and I like disaster movies, so we've watched like a lot They're of big fun. dumb, big dumb disaster movies. Has so she I, I watched the Poseidon Adventure? I don't. It's, she, there's no way she'd like it. She doesn't like older movies. It just it would not appeal to her. <sighs> Even sometimes the '80s movies we watch, she's like, uh. "Yeah, everybody's got opinions. It's fine." We watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was like. Honestly, these clothes look modern and fashionable because, like, the, that's where we're Cause at. Because of, of the cycle of fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, and she's like, well, the hair is bad. And I was like, yes, I know, but, like, it's almost modern beyond that. Yeah, if you if you thumb, if you put your thumb, uh huh, like, in front of the screen covering their heads, it just looks like what fucking millennials, not millennials, what's the next one? The younger ones? I don't the know. babies? <laughs> Whatever today's babies wear. The youth, yeah. The youth wear, and they're like, Aren't my aren't my wide leg mom jeans cute? And I'm like, no, they're <laughs> no, not. They look terrible. Yeah. There's a reason that we wear skinny jeans. Yeah. So anyway, uh, back to this movie. This doll, like, it looks fake. Like, there's no way, two ways about it. But it also looks incredibly weird. And so it it's like the, it's supposed to make you feel unsettled, and it does. Because despite the fact that it doesn't look real, it looks insane. You know, it just looks it, terrifying. It looks like it. <laughs> I know it's a very overused meme of like my sleep paralysis demon, but like yes, yeah. this genuinely looks like a sleep paralysis demon. That it oh, like not it's my, not, not my sleep paralysis demon. Mine was not this. This, this would have been a, a welcome respite <laughs> from my sleep paralysis demon. I mean, yes, but I have not. The only time. So the problem is, <laughs> I've had sleep paralysis. I think once, but I wear a sleep mask to bed. So uh-huh. I can't see anything. Yeah. 
I just, f- I was awake and couldn't move my body I in see. blackness, which isn't better. No, no. Yeah. My sleep paralysis demon was like a nine foot tall shrouded hooded figure that I could see the feet out of the bottom of the shroud. So it was the ghost of Christmas yet to come? Essentially, but like with terror. <laughs> like that's like the, actually the, the, co- the ghost of Christmas yet to come is the terror one. Right. I know. But like most of the time, the Dickens adaptation, you're like, oh, OK, I get what we're doing here. But this I was it, this is like pure dread. And also that. Huh. Jax was a zombie. Mm. I've not never like, heard of that one. It was well, it, not zombie. He was like it was like a cre- a ghoul, like a long limbed yeah, yeah. ghoul. Ah, uh, yeah. No, m- most of the ones like it was very. Uh, <laughs> re- uh, what's the word I want? Re- was a relief that when I like started researching sleep paralysis, it was the drawings often like there's there's like a handful of the common ones. And then they were like, this is yeah. one of the common ones. And it was a picture of my nightmare. And I was like, Oh cool. It's fake. Like it's all <laughs> fake. <laughs> like my house isn't possessed. Oh, so back to this, this is, it's funny. Like I said, I've seen this movie a zillion times and I knew there was a jump scare coming and I still, it still got me because that's the how head. good it is. Uh, when she pops up, like the, in the, the actress in the makeup, yeah, 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 yeah. So Ash is like watching this out the window, and the the doll does the dance. It's it's amazing. It's like super. I unsettling. am shocked the musical didn't use this idea. Yeah, I it it would have to be it would have to be like that weird interlude in a Broadway show where they let the actors all kick, catch their breath, and there's just like a dance number with no nothing else yeah, happening. The, the, a dream ballet. Yeah, a dream ballet. Thank you. I was like, I know he's gonna know the term. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> Very popular in Golden Age, and no one does them anymore yeah, because yeah. they're weird and long. Yeah. Um, so her head attacks him, and he has to. He's like slamming his hand on stuff. Well, and well, this, this is, is that actually. Sorry, minor correction. So there's the big jump scare at the window, and then he wakes up in the chair and was like, "Oh, that was all a dream." And then the head and then lands the head. in his lap, which is like, "J.K., not a dream, motherfucker." Yeah, those. Are, I'm always scared of a double dream. Oh yeah. Like always because it happened to me the other night that I had a really bad nightmare and I I like woke up out of it as Jack was also waking up to like go to the bathroom. And I was like, why is he, he's not normally awake now. Oh no, he's going to open the door and get stabbed. (laughs) I've never had a double dream. I would, I I have never in my real life had a double dream, but because of the movies. No, I get it. I get it. (laughs) So I literally like, had to like make myself speak to be like hey and he he was like what go to the bathroom i was like okay He's, <laughs> and, and then the door opened he got stabbed and, I, and I, I was like and he like opened the door and like went to the bathroom I was like okay okay we're okay everything's cool man everything's cool um so he this is where you get a, a taste of bruce campbell's physical comedy yes like I think if he had been linked up with uh, with Mel Brooks, he he might have had a little more work, and then that could have led to more things. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing of it is, is I love Bruce Campbell, but he is not that great of an actor. I think there are things he does really well. He's he's a very good physical comedian. Yes, and he and he can act. Yes, so. Yeah. He's really, I think he'd be really strong in like Mel Brooksy stuff where yeah, I, I totally the emphasis agree. is on the comedy. Yeah. Because um, he could have made a, a, a good little name for himself. It's doing wacky genuinely shit. stunning to me that he never ended up in a Tarantino movie. Yeah. 
Because this feels like a movie Tarantino watched 422 times. Like, even though he doesn't really do horror, like, he doesn't make horror movies. Oh, well, I guess he's made some horror adjacent Dust Till Dawn is probably the closest. Yeah, he wrote Dust Till Dawn. And also, I, yeah, that's inaccurate. I, t- I retract that statement. He does occasionally dabble in horror. But it just, like, seems like a movie he would have watched 422 times. And it's just shocking mm-hmm. to me that Ash is, that Bruce has never been in a, in a, in any capacity in a. Um, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Um, so he gets her. Here's my pitch because I I've been successful with these. Uh, we got we got Kate Hudson in Knives Out too. We got Batista in Knives Out too. I think both are going to be like, wow, like this is this is inc- it's incredible. Uh, let's put Bruce Campbell in Knives Out three. Let's make yeah. this happen. Yes, I'm here for that. Let's make this happen, Ryan Johnson. I know you're listening. Uh, let's let's put Bruce Campbell in Knives Out. You can also put me in your movie if you are listening. <laughs> See, that's the thing. If you advocate for yourself, it's tasteless. If you advocate for somebody that you don't know, it's good. That's the difference. Okay, I will also advocate for my for my professional career here. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's like I I I've always wanted to be in a movie with a with a ridiculous head wound, but I can't just like say that to the Ryan Johnson. He's listening to this podcast for escapist entertainment. I didn't. I wasn't. I simply saying I can be in your movie is not. I'm just saying, you know what I mean, right? It's like you know, you're, there's a relationship <laughs> with hypothetical Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Ryan Johnson, who listens to this podcast, is going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea." And it's just like an, it's like a friend talking to a friend. It's a neutral observation. But when you're like, "Oh, put me in," then it's you're putting something on his plate. You know what I mean? I mean, with the, how many subtle difference? with how many fucking celebrities ended up being cast in <laughs> *Knives Out* two? I wouldn't be shocked if *Knives Out* three had him because I remember there was like a week, a week span of time where they were like, "This person is announced for *Knives Out* two, and every day was like five more actors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "How many people are in this fucking movie?" There's he posted one like GIF of people getting on a boat, so I'm wondering if there's like a Death on the Nile vibe. Maybe oh, that'd be good. I would like that. But yeah, I, re- I really like, hope I really hope Kate Hudson does that exact enough champagne to fill denial and throws it overboard really in a Gal Gadot this. accent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, my very authentic Gal Gadot accent. <laughs> I wanted to do it just like that. So he puts uh, he he's got Linda's head on his hand. As you said, this is like a tour de force of a guy having a wrestling match with himself. No, this see, I I think this is the this is the prelude. This is the taste test. This is the the warm up where yeah, you, where they're fair. chatting with he and his hand are talking to each other in front of the crowd in the middle of the ring right now. So so there were there was a there's an independent promotion that has two invisible wrestlers in it. One of them is Invisible Man. I love and, this. And the other one is Invisible Stan. And both Invisible Man and Invisible Stan have been in matches, and it's this. Have like they wrestled each other? Uh, let me build the punchline to my joke. Sorry. Please. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so that they have had like invisible man come out for like a battle Royal. And then like people, you know, a bunch of people do this, but it's essentially people have a match with themselves. Like they throw themselves around. They do these things. And if, if you're a wrestler, have you they, can do th- have they rigged anything to break? Okay. Like- can you let me get to the punchline of the joke, please? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this culminated in a match with Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan, where the referee put on special, I think it was like ski goggles, but it might have just been sunglasses that are like polarized, like orange and reflecting like that. And the referee is the only actual human being in the in this whole scenario. There's It's just a ring and this referee. But they had 
a roof a balcony dive where one of Invisible Man or Invisible Stan like climbed up the balcony up to the second story balcony and dove onto the other one. And there was like a big like it, it was played as if this happened. And then there was a move where they put a table in the corner with like a rope around it. And then Invisible <laughs> Man or Invisible Stan got attacked through the table and they broke the table with the rope. That's cool. Yeah. Do they rig up? T- so I know the the wrestling mats are kind of bouncy. Did yeah. they rig it up to let it that the mat would like? No, no. There was no like footprints or anything because wrestling mats not footprints. Don't... I just meant like just, like was something underneath like just pulling the mat down. No, so it, the, there would the be referee like referee did all that stuff. Like he he was reacting to moves and then like you know like wincing and doing stuff and like he it's all it's all this referee. The, the reason it works is because this referee is gotcha. Right well, no, I was picturing like if someone was wrestling Invisible Man and they like had a chair that was rigged to like break. When they when uh, like yeah yeah swung no, in the right way I, I, they may have done that I have not seen it anyway we 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 leave the cabin we go out to the workshed great scene where Ash like pull he puts Linda's head in a vice to get her off his hand and then uh, her severed head in a vice and then he pulls back this curtain and there's a perfect chalk outline of a chainsaw but the chainsaw is missing they say that's the way to keep yourself organized yeah yeah outline well, your things so you know what goes where and c- cut to linda's body which is basically one of those mannequins you talked about finding it uh king of pressure <laughs> in, in our last episode yeah bursts into the into the shed carrying the chainsaw and ash has a fight with the headless body with the chainsaw and, like, normally when Sam Raimi does these, it's, like, it looks like those shitty Headless Horseman costumes mm-hmm, where the shoulders mm-hmm. are eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. But this is just, like, a spindly little, like, puppet they created. There very clearly is a person just below the frame just, like, throwing a puppet at Bruce Campbell repeatedly. Yeah. So he chops uh, Linda up with a chainsaw, and then he goes uh, and he finds a shotgun and uh, some shotgun cell, so, uh, shotgun shells. And then this is another one of these incredible scenes where he has a fight with himself in the mirror. Yeah, it's so cool looking, this mirror scene. And I, I couldn't remember which movie had the mirror is water, mm-hmm. and it's the first one. I think you're right, yeah. Because I was, I, re- I was like, distinctly remembered that happening, but... With this one, obviously, it's not because the, the they didn't do everything again. Yeah. But he fights himself through the mirror. It's so cool. Yeah. A real great, like, green screen split effect. Um, this leads to the fight where he's having a fight with his own right hand, which has become infected by the, the, the poison of the deadites. Mm-hmm. But only the hand, which is yes. great. Yeah. So he's like smashing plates over his own head. At one point, he does a great move where he like puts his hand by behind his head and does a front flip or a, more of a tumble. I suppose. This is where it really is like, oh, he's he fucking gets physical comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And is well, not afraid to go for it. He and Sam Raimi bonded over the fact that they both love the Three Stooges. And that's all the Three Stooges do is these tiny, you know, times types of physical gags. That's their whole thing. Yeah. I I have never really watched them. Was it a TV? Were they a TV show or were they a film franchise? Both. Gotcha. Yeah. I was, so I I, I've I seen some of it, but not a ton of it. Yeah. It just seems like I would watch. I, I think I would be fine to watch compilations. I don't think I could handle like a full episode or something. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've seen it only in compilation form for sure. I don't have like a deep Stooges knowledge, but I know, you know, it, it persists. It's still very popular. Yeah. Uh, so we cut away from him fighting his hand 
to good old reliable Jake and Bobby Joe meeting up with Annie and Eddie to take them through the woods. Great gag here where she's like, he asked for $500 and she's like, I'll give you $500 if you carry my bags. He checks the back seat. There's like a tiny little purse and a, and a, a frame. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And oops, there's a steamer trunk you got to deal with. <laughs> carry this onto the Titanic. Yeah, exactly. It's a steamer trunk the size of a coffin. So this is where Bruce actually cuts his own hand off with the, because this is great. He, he, the hand knocks him out. Yes. And then. It's sort of it. You kind of get the sense that the knuckles are eyes, and it, that's yes. how it's seeing around. And it sees that his that there's a, a butcher, like a butcher cleaver, a, uh-huh. a, a cleaver, meat cleaver. That's the word. And so it starts crawl, like dragging his body, and it looks so great because yeah. clearly he's just like scooching his little toes mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it looks so good, and then he stabs his own hand and cuts it off with the chainsaw. And puts it under a bucket under a pile of books that includes a farewell to arms, which like, yeah, okay, I see what of we're course. doing here. Yeah. Um, I would have thrown it in the fire, personally. Yes. I mean, we know this, that you burn it till it's ash, mix <laughs> yes. the ash, yeah. mix the ash into some paint, and then <laughs> paint a religious picture. Like <laughs> I I would have I would have taken the knife skewered hand, stabbed it into a log, and then set that log ablaze. Yes. So the hand is running through the, it gets into a mouse hole and he can't like shoot it in time. (laughs) And uh, there's, he finally does shoot it through the wall and it it, like drips blood out of a hole. Yes. And he like lean, he like gets up close to look at it and we get like blood geysers out of the wall. It's it's like three fire hoses spraying at Bruce Campbell simultaneously. (laughs) He, I'm surprised he still has his hearing after like like PJ Souls and Carrie. I actually just uh, found out that uh, uh, Bruce Willis is deaf in one year from that scene in Die Hard where he shoots the guy from under the table. Is he really? Yeah, or mostly deaf in one ear from that. Apparently Linda Hamilton, uh, I don't know if she went permanently, but she damaged her hearing in the elevator scene in Terminator 2 because she forgot. I would believe that, yeah. She forgot to put her her earplugs back in. She like took it out between takes and then forgot to put them back in and then... Yeah. Yeah. If that was me, I would I would be screaming, stop, 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 stop. As soon as the first one went off, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you can do that in a James Cameron movie. Well, they were married (laughs) at that point, right? Or in a relationship? I think the relationship was starting. Okay. I don't know if they were like firmly together. Okay. Um, I love uh, the the Looney Tunes mouse holes at this point. Like the hand is now the hand gets loose and is running around, and there is there's like Looney Tunes mouse holes, which is one of those things where like I was like way too old before I realized that that's not a thing. Like mice don't carve a hole; they just like squeeze through stuff because they're basically uh-huh. they liquid. have little fucking liquid bodies. Yeah, yeah, they like, can they can compress down to the size of a quarter or whatever the crazy thing is. And so it's like these delightful like mouse cut holes, one of which has a mouse in it briefly, which is really funny and then mm-hmm. the, the hand gets caught in a mouse trap which is also great but it's also the classic like these wall the walls of this house are eight inches thick with no insulation right, at all right right yeah it's you got your classic hand in a wall situation mm-hmm. <laughs> classic hand in the wall um so the 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 whole cabin gets possessed now there's the evil moose with yeah. the deadite eyes there's the evil lamp all the books on the shelf are wiggling around just before this that starts the laughter though is my worst nightmare which is bruce campbell is just like finally i can sit down and he sits down in a chair and it breaks 
Oh, yes, he does get a chair break. My As a big guy, the absolute worst nightmare is like, sometimes I'll sit in a chair and it's a little wiggly, and I'm like, well, I'm going to figure out a way to not sit in this chair any longer than I have to. Uh-huh. So that, he hears that, a noise. That's that, what prompts all the laughing is Bruce falling out of this chair, the whole house, everything in the house, the him. lamp, the moose on the wall. So he hears a noise outside and shoots the door. And for some reason, I thought he killed Bobby. I forgot that Bob. I forgot that Bobby Joe was the rape analog. Right. right. So I thought that he killed her because I was like, "Did they write her out of the movie? Like, is, did she get shot off screen and then never seen again?" Yeah, yeah. Shot off screen would be a weird choice for this movie. It would. Um, so this is the second time a jump scare got me in this movie because they he shoots through the door and then the the men, uh, Jake and what's the other guy's name? Eddie. Eddie or Ed? Br- Ed. But- okay come bursting through and tackle and fight Bruce Campbell. Uh, because they think he killed Annie's parents. And I, That's right. I always yeah. loved this scene in the musical because it, the way the musical is structured is that act one is evil dead and act two is evil dead too. Um, and so intermission right before it was act one ends, all of his friends' bodies are strewn across the floor and he's killing Linda in the cabin. And then she she's daddy's covered in blood and then annie opens the door and says daddy i'm home and he goes this isn't what it looks like <laughs> and then act two opens with all of the bodies gone except yes. for linda's and they're like he's like it could be worse there could be bodies all over the floor <laughs> the musical is very fun if you like these at all and you, you get a chance to go see i mean who the hell knows if live theater is back where you are but yeah. if it is and you have a chance to see it it's very delightful it often pops up around halloween so they throw ash in the root cellar and then are like trying to figure out what to do and he starts playing the tape and immediately her hears her dad's voice being like i murdered my wife and buried her in the fruits uh, root cellar well, no she it's fruit cellar is it it's fruit with cellar? okay i keep i keep well, mixing that up <laughs> She also tells a room, a silent room full of people to be quiet. Yes. Which is my, my favorite stupid Sam Raimi bit of like, yeah. quiet, this is my father. No one was talking. Uh, so he, uh, this is where we find out that Henrietta is buried downstairs and that the her professor. Mom. Yes. And the professor was like, I couldn't bear to chop her up. So I just buried her downstairs. May God forgive me. Mm hmm. Um, so she pops up out of the thing. It's Ted it's, Raimi. It's such a great setup that it's like you hear upstairs them ex- the tape explaining exactly what's about to happen to Ash. And so when Ted Raimi pops up, it's just like, oh, man, this is so well designed. So that he, he's trying to get out of the of the of the basement of the cellar. And um, she's like lumbering towards him and they finally get him out uh, and they. We get the. I think this is the first time in this movie we get "I'll swallow your soul," which becomes the trademark of the series. Yeah, you're right. It is the first time. They also yank Ash out by his head, which is hilarious looking. They do that a lot in this movie. There's yeah. a lot of head yanking. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the great eyeball gag of the the monster that was chasing Ash. They like stomp on its head with the root cellar uh, fruit door. cellar. Is it root cellar or fruit cellar? Because I feel like I sw- both things are things. I, I I swear the closed captioning says fruit, and it always it always sounds to me like Henrietta says someone's in my fruit cellar. Okay. Okay. Because I always thought it was root cellar, as in like it doesn't have a real floor. 
Yeah, I mean, a root cellar is a, is a thing, so yeah. it could be, but I've always heard fruit cellar. Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get that right going forward. Uh, but the, they're shutting the door on the demon, and they jump on it, and one of the eyeballs ejects out like a real, real Looney Tunes type gag, and lands in. Uh, is it Bobby Joe's mouth or or? It's Andy's Bobby Joe. Mouth. Okay. And they in. <laughs> true nonsense fashion they chain the the cellar door just enough to allow the deadite <laughs> to be able to pop its head out and talk to them yes yes very very silly also did you catch in this scene is the first time i noticed there's like all the fake blood around which is obviously just like corn syrup how many mm-hmm. flies were on the set like no i real, didn't like non-union flies just flies <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's there's a if you watch this a, a ton of the scenes later as the fake blood clearly has been there for some time, which probably smelled horrible. There's so many flies. Ugh, I have not noticed that. So Ash, the the demon comes back and is is you know there's more attacks. Ash runs away and Annie's like come help us what are you doing? And he actually went to get help. He got the axe. He went to get the axe. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the deadite, because the deadite, the deadites can go from evil to nice to like lure you in. It's like right. a deadite trick. Mm-hmm. Um. So she's the Henrietta is doing that to try and get Annie to unlock, and then uh, her boyfriend Ed pops up, and he's evil now. Yes. And he is really gnarly looking. Yeah, all of these makeups are excellent. Really good. Like they, it's some sort of mask based thing, I think, but it's just all really excellent. I think so. Yeah. In the musical, it's all masks. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so this 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 one this murder of a deadite ends up with green goo everywhere. There's lots of different colors. The first one was blood. black. Yeah, now it's black. green. Yeah, uh, red. I guess from the hand. So it doesn't. It's curious all what blood you're gonna have when you're a deadite. Yeah, yeah. And then the the following scene is great because it's just like the combination of like some creaking and cracking noises and weird camera movements, but it's, it's like, it's so simple, but it's, it's rarely as good as it is here. It's like the scene from, um, haunting of Hill house, Mm -hmm. both the original and the remake and the TV show. There's a scene where like the girls are in bed and they hear the sounds and they're just kind of like looking around at all the sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just really well done. It's a lot of talent here. Uh, so Ash and Annie go and check the back room, and then this is where Professor Nolby appears as a force ghost. Is this, or does, doesn't, yes, because then Bobby Joe leaves after this, yeah. Right, he, right. But it's just his face. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's not like a full body apparition. Right, right. And then it's just his hand later. And it looks like Pazuzu. <laughs> Pazuzu? Like, isn't that the, isn't Pazuzu the, um... The demon in the exorcist? Oh, I guess maybe. I don't that that name did not ring a bell for me, but I do know what you're talking about. It's also the name of the creature in Futurama that Professor Farnsworth isn't, has. Isn't Pazuzu like a little pet name for a little girl in some uh in, oh wait, is it I, Zuzu in It's a Wonderful Life? I don't no, because I'm not. Th- it's a wonderful life head. Ah, oh, okay. It's what it is. The little Zuzu the little, sounds right. The but little I, I girl's couldn't say nickname for certain. and it's a wonderful life. 
is if it's not Zuzu, it's very similar. And so when you said that, I was like, something is it's my there's like there's, there's just like a bunch of loose wires doing sparks up there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm about at the time of this, I'm not 35 yet, but when I will be when this comes out. And it's just like as you get older, there's just more and more unconnected wires out there. And it's just like sometimes you get two of them close enough to each other that they work. But right now, it's just, yeah, you it learn just, that sometimes the wiring that you've put together isn't always great. Yeah, yeah. And so like all of the time. In my twenties, when I teased older people about forgetting things, I'm, I, you know, obviously very sorry, mom especially, where it's just like, oh, I get it now because I just have a bunch of loose wires up there. Yep, because there's a scene in The Exorcist where it's like just a flash no, of Pazuzu's I know, face. I know, I know exactly what you were when you said The Exorcist. I totally know what you're talking about, but the part that was tripped me up is I was like, Zuzu the is name. the little girl from <laughs> Pazuzu. <laughs> yeah, I was like. I was like, wait, isn't that that little tiny girl? Every time a bell rings, (laughs) an angel gets its wings. (laughs) Every time a bell rings, it's your mother sucking cocks in hell. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, so Ash's hand returns and it stabs Bobby Joe. No, it doesn't. It it just grabs oh, no, no, her. Oh no! Sorry, hand. sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Because she says you're hush- you're holding my hand too tight, and he yes, says I'm not yes. holding your hand. Grabs Bobby Joe. Is what I hand. wrote. Yes, I wrote grabs, not stabs. You can see why I might have messed that up. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, yeah. You got, you jumped the gun a little bit on that yeah. one. Yeah. So she goes running out in the woods, and this is where she gets attacked by the tree. Which again, it's an implied rape here because we've seen the first movie. But if you've yeah. never seen the first movie, it just looks like she got killed by a tree. Mm-hmm. And. This is a sequence where almost all of it feels like it's done in reverse. Like yes, almost the yes. entire sequence feels like it's done in reverse. Yeah. Except for the we- so they show this close up of a tree when it- and it looks like the evil the evil like brother of the fucking tree from FAO Schwartz. Yes. Do you remember yes, that yes. tree? Uh-huh. I certainly with the do. gross rubber mouth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Really it looks like that. Uh, also, it should, should, we didn't mention this earlier with this actress, but Bobby Joe, uh, the actress who played Bobby Joe, did 20 years on One Life to Live and uh, uh, then did no some of our lives. Yeah. One wow. Life to Live apparently like merged with General Hospital. And I was trying to figure out like how that was a thing. But how did that happen? Is, basically, I think it was ABC at the time had like two soaps. They had Days of Our Lives. They had General Hospital. Mm-hmm. And they were like... All right, we're going to end Days of Our Lives, but we like you, the creator of Days of Our Lives, and we would like you to run, take over General Hospital. And so he took over General, he or she, I don't remember, I don't know the person, took over General Hospital and just like brought all of the Days of Our, or One Life to Live characters over to General Hospital. I might be crossing up the names. But I, think, I, was, I think you've you switched over to saying Days of Our Lives at so, one point. So she, she had... I think based on the way I wrote my notes that she did 20 years on one life to live and then one life to live rolled into general hospital. So she did like between the two, she played the same character for 20 years. Oh, and is general general, no general hospital still going. I was thinking of St. Elsewhere. I think so. And then she also did a multi-year stint on days of our lives, but 20 hmm. years, 20 that's years. How fucking soap operas work. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's work, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they decide to to go look for Bobby Joe uh, at the urging of well, Jake. Decide to. <laughs> Jake well, says we're going to. I was saying at the urging of Jake with a shotgun. I was getting to that. Yeah. 
because they're like, okay, we have these two passages. If we read, we read the one to make the demon in the flesh, and then the second one sends it to hell or yeah. wherever it goes. And uh, uh, Jake grabs the shotgun and he grabs the pages and he's like, we're gonna. Uh, he throws him in the cellar and he's like, well, now you have to do what I say. And it's like, well, <sighs> god damn it. Yeah. You could have just held on to them and been like, yes, you'll you'll get these back when we get Bobby Joe. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile. They talked about how they looked outside and they could not see the path that they took in. So there's nowhere to go looking. It's just wandering the woods. Mm-hmm. So, um. So the uh, ash goes bad again while they're in the woods. For question, for question, for reasons unknown. Yes. <clears throat> and he does a full on like military overhead press of Jake, which is delightful looking and throws him. And so Annie runs into the cabin and she sees she grabs the dagger and she sees uh, Ash. The Kandarian dagger. It's like related to the book. Yeah, the evil, the, the, the ritual dagger. Um, it looks like it's like carved out of someone's spine. Um, and then she accidentally stabs Jake. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. And I love this next part where like Ash is like running toward the house and she sees him and she has to shut the door. But Jake's feet are in the way. And so she has to like slowly pick up jake's feet to get it out of the door so she can shut the door and bolt it shut it's just just it's such a silly little thing that wouldn't normally be in a movie but it's just such a good little bit of comedy of just like oh i gotta pick his legs up hold on (laughs) and then she drags him away from that door and all the way over right next to the cellar door basically like Feeding time, Henrietta. (laughs) It's like the ending scene of the Babadook. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) So she she puts him right in and like three inches away. And of course, Henrietta grabs him and yoinks him into the cellar. And Annie tries to grab his feet and stop it and just gets a blood geyser (laughs) in her face. A tomato soup fountain. That sounds good. A good tomato, a tomato soup fountain. You just put your bowl under. <laughs> oh, you mean like a chocolate fountain? Like a chocolate fountain, or or, yeah. or, or my queso fountain from my graduation party. Yes, yes. Uh, so Ash comes in. He sees the necklace, and he's magically okay. But she's like, and still the chain is in him. the shape of a skull. Oh, right, right, right. Gotta have that. Yeah, and then she's like attacking him, and he like pulls the weapon away. He's like, "No, I'm fine now. Like, look, listen to my voice." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And then immediately right back to hitting him because she because she knows what's oh, up. Yeah. No, I think it's great. It's really funny. And he has to like pull the weapon away a second time. Like, no, I'm fine now. And she even says, "She's like, you're fine, but for how long?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, for how long?" And also, why? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we get the classic Raimi shots you were talking about of the quick crash zooms as we like make the chainsaw into something you can stick on your little hand, your uh-huh. where your hand was. Yeah, uh, and they cut the barrel off the gun to make it a you know a, sh- a sawed off shotgun. Uh, is the basement where we see Freddy Krueger's glove? Yes, but there's a really funny thing here which I never would have noticed had you not pointed it out uh, for the toy maker movie with uh, Andy Rooney that we did. Uh, the this shot of Ash going into the basement is shot at the other set, so there is no mm-hmm. basement, and so he's yes. like he's like laying down into a chute, so you can see him basically like 
he, there's not enough room for him to even crouch. So Bruce Campbell is basically like getting into a bobsled and it's hilarious <laughs> looking because like everything else is like a staircase. And so it's like him, like there's, it's a, you know, the shot from below is a staircase. And so he's like getting it. He's like holding onto the sides and swinging his legs in. And I was like, why would he ever go down the stairs like this? <laughs> um, so he goes down to get the pages from Henrietta. We see the Freddy Krueger glove. Which I think st- it's so it started in Evil Dead One when they had a post a ripped poster from Hills Have Eyes. Yes, and so Wes Craven made her. Uh, are made they, Nancy are they watching this movie on TV in in Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. So because they because they put a Wes Craven movie in the first movie, he referenced it in Nightmare on Elm Street. So in this one, they put Freddy Krueger's glove. Oh, in okay. it okay so it was just like we're gonna keep referencing each other yeah it's a fun little thing uh ash finds jake who's now just a full skeleton it's, it's just, just a, it's just a fucking haunted house like 15 dollar skeleton in an overalls yeah which aren't loose they're like tight on the skeleton it's a, it looks like a child's overalls yeah yeah oshkosh like, bagosh like why did you budget for two pairs of overalls why didn't you just put the other overalls on him oh probably because they were the actors would be my they were yeah, <laughs> they were not costumes yeah uh so he finds the pages and there's a great bit where he like runs to the stairs and annie's up there and he th- he has like a bundle of papers right like imagine any bundle of papers you've ever held in your yeah, hand like and he, six papers probably yeah and he throws it to her now <laughs> If you throw six or seven sheets of paper, what you've done is create a little waterfall for yourself. A little shower of paper. They're like, they're like, it's, they're like all together and like folded in half and curled up like you would like to throw a newspaper if you were a newsboy. Yeah, yeah. But so he throws them up to her. She starts reading the the passages and uh, Henrietta, who was hiding, grabs Ash's ankles through the stairs to the kind. It's just like almost like a ladder. Yeah, slats, uh, and drags him through the stair hole, which looks great, and it must have hurt like hell. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that this man, there's no way he doesn't have like new knees and new hips after yeah, doing yeah. these movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a famous story from the filming of I don't remember if it's this one or the first one, but he got a legitimate injury, but he was covered with fake blood. And so he got to the hospital and they started treating the fake injuries. And he was like, no, 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 this is what's wrong. And they're like, well, you're covered. And he's like, yeah, that's, I'm an actor. This is like for a movie, this, I'm not really cut there, but I I have this serious problem that needs attention. (laughs) That's like me anytime I left doing a bloody show. Yeah, yeah. I had to go through a security, like a, a DUI checkpoint like that once. Oh, really? Yeah, it was not fun. Did what, and then you get out of the car? No. So that's the so we all went out for a drink afterwards, and like I had like a gin and tonic. I was not drunk. Mm-hmm. I had a drink, and so we're driving home, and like four of us all kind of had to go on the same stretch of road for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I was the last. I was I was going to be the first car in the next chunk that were stopped. Okay. But the person in front of me was someone in the show with me. Okay. And I, he had been out with us also had one drink and a bunch of nachos, like, was not drunk, but I watched them pull him out of his car, and I was like, I texted everyone, and I was like, guys, they just pulled him out of his car, and they were all, everyone's like, oh my god, 
And I was like, he wasn't, he wasn't, I was like, if they pulled him out of his car, they're going to, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen to me. Yeah. And so they, they like took him over to the like car dealership where they were like, like keeping people or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so I pull up my car and then I, I take my hands from 10 and two and I put them at the bottom of the wheel. So he doesn't see blood stained hands. Yeah. Just like a, a red spotty face. Yeah. And he was like, oh, um, and I was like, it's fake blood. I'm an actor in a, in a musical. Um, it's that we split, so we spray blood on the audience. Yeah. And, and so I, 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 I'm covered in fake blood and he was just like, asked me a couple questions and sent me on my way. Okay. And we, we were all like, what happened to him? So we yeah. texted him and he was like, yeah, they, I told him I wasn't drinking and they didn't believe me because he's like kind of a goofy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, we, they didn't believe me. So they pulled me out of my car and breathalyzed me and I wasn't over the limit. Yeah. And they were like, well, you're tired. It's, it's You're late and it's you're too tired. You can't drive because you're too tired. Oh, and so they Jesus wouldn't Christ. let him drive. Jesus and he, Christ. Yeah. And so he called his wife who was asleep because at this point it's, I don't know, 1 a.m. In the morning. Yeah, yeah. And of course she's not awake because yeah. it's 1 a.m. So he right. had to wait for his friend to drive him, Jesus. come pick him up. Jesus. It was a nightmare. Yeah, that's awful. Um, so Ash and, and Henry had a fight and he... Uh, she's like Henry. spinning around on the top of the room yeah, first can, when she grabs see, Annie. You can see the wire holding Ted Raimi up in this horrible costume, which there are some great... I don't want to recount all the stories, but there's some great ones about how like... They had to cut holes into this to drain his sweat out of it. Well, you can see them at the, well, at one point with the way he's yeah. spinning. They like cut right between his legs, so there's a little like where the butt would be. Yeah, to like sweat would drain out because you're like, is that a tear in the like yeah, in, the, in yeah. the foam latex? Yeah, yeah, because they he was just like pooling sweat in this this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he Ash dismembers Henrietta, just like limbs, body flying. parts are flying. Yeah, it's, it looks great. I love those shots. Yeah. And then we get some just absolute chaos. Like evil trees are crashing through the house, and this really big, silly looking tree face is like the. I love the arm. It's the FAO Schwartz face. It it's is the FAO Schwartz, Schwartz face. Yeah, I love the arm that grabs Ash. I think that looks incredible. Like super awesome giant tree mm-hmm. arm. But then this face is just like in there. So Annie's trying to read like the pages. evil monster face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very silly, but I mean, it's it's fun. But it's really silly. Ash like looking jams. at the creature makes Ash go, Ash go gray. Yes, yeah. The 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 uh, Reed Richards uh, from the Fantastic <laughs> Side, like the Temple sides. Yeah, uh, and then a great bit where like Ash plunges his chainsaw into the eye, and there's just goop everywhere. And as Annie's reading from the book, uh, she gets stabbed by Ash's hand, and the rig is, like, so obvious, it's not even funny. Yeah. Did you notice how much this sequence looks like and is lit like Poltergeist? Oh, yeah. This feels so Poltergeisty. They came out the same year, so I think it's just, like, a parallel thinking type thing. I don't know if there's any overlap mm-hmm. between uh, anybody who worked on either movie or whatever. Like, I don't think anybody stole it from anybody, because it just seems unlikely. Yeah. Although, again... Special effects people were probably watching this movie, but it's just amazing. Yeah, they, they were watching the dailies. Yeah, this looks just like Poltergeist, which maybe stay tuned. Yeah, um, also eighty two. But there's, it's clearly there's like a big square on her back supporting this. Yes, the the, the knife and the handle because yeah, she's yeah. like, uh, and she turns around and there's just this like very clear square shape uh-huh. sticking out of her uh-huh. shirt. Yeah, it's very silly. I mean, it's great, but it's very silly. I look, yeah, but then there's these creepy head puppets that come out and I don't know who they're supposed to be. No, it's very Freddy Kruegery, but it's very strange. 
Because I was like, is it supposed to be the friends from the first movie? Are we referencing that? Right. Or? I have absolutely no, no I don't idea know. who it's supposed to be. I would have thought it would have been the Nolbees and, and the other victims, but it doesn't appear to yeah. be. Yeah. So the portal opens and the, the monster Annie finishes the through. spell with her dying breath. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ash gets sucked into the portal as well, because of course he does. Yeah. And he ends up back did in you, time. Did you notice at the point where it's like, we're, it's these spinny, rotating shots as we're driving through the portal. Did you notice one of them was just like Christmas lights? No. It's just like clearly a couple strands of Christmas lights like laid out in a weird pattern that they spun. Either they spun the, they put oh, it on a board cool. and spun I'll it. I'll have to rewatch that scene. Yeah. They either put it on a board and spun the board or they spun the camera, but it's very clearly just a bunch of colored Christmas lights. So we're back in the medieval times where we've crashed into medieval times. Uh, Ash is there. The restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> the restaurant. There's a, there's an eagle just soaring around. I would not be mad about if the, if they made an evil dead that happened that where the prologue sequence was in a, a medieval times restaurant. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be delightfully stupid, but I would watch it. Uh, but yeah, then we get uh, Ash. A, a deadite comes flying in. They think Ash is a deadite, but then another deadite shows up, and Ash kills it. And uh, Sam Raimi, in a little cameo, is like, "We mm-hmm. worship the, the killer of the deadites." Well, because er- earlier Annie had mentioned, like, "Look at there's this drawing of a man that's hard to tell in a yeah. castle," but he was rumored to have uh, appeared from the sky and destroyed the deadites. And it's it was Ash. Oh, I missed that. I, all the times I've seen this, I don't know that I consciously put together the thing you just said. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that leads us uh, at eleven years later to Army of Darkness, which you know maybe one day <laughs> down the road. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I, I mean, I love this movie. I have no. I've, it's great. Yeah, it's a delightful. There's movie. no fat. No, <laughs> there's yeah. no fat in this movie. Yeah. I think it has like a few genuinely scary things in it. it. The entertainment value for me is off the charts. If you like this kind of like DIY ethos, you know, punk rocky thing, yeah, it's kind of like blood and gutsy, I guess. But it's 1982 independent movie. It feels so it's very not, fun. Yeah, it. yeah. It also doesn't just it doesn't it doesn't seem real. Like it's it's very That's, unreal. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of corn syrup and red food coloring. So it's it's you know easy to to handle or green food coloring yeah exactly but it's like the problem i have with modern stuff is like it looks like actual human livers because we have really detailed photos of those and we could reproduce them but like i don't need yeah. to see that uh yeah but i love this movie i mean i love this movie has a very special place in my heart and i also think it's great so <laughs> it's it's you know there probably is no podcast without these movies so if you like this podcast yeah, yeah maybe you should go if you want to see the origins uh, you see it. <laughs> it's basically that and the fact that the one of the first or one of the times I babysat you I made you watch Night of the Living Dead because I was too afraid to watch it by myself so we watched it in full daylight when you were definitely uh, too young vi- to be watching a very it. snowy uh, afternoon yeah you were you were definitely too young to be watching uh, Night of <laughs> the Living Dead uh, but yeah you know uh, years and years later we have a dumb podcast so you know it all works out Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us on social media. We're at Dissect the 80s on Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you there. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. We have a, a really cool Patreon with lots and lots and lots of bonus content, around 20 hours worth. Uh, coming up in March will be uh, – actually, this month is, is March. There will be a bonus episode on E.T., so if you have an interest in that, keep a, keep an eye out. Go check out the patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. There's a $5 tier with a ton of bonus stuff. And uh, a $2 tier that gets you some bonus content as well as our monthly newsletter. So go check it out. 
And uh, frankly, if there's something you want to see there that's not there that maybe might get you interested, hit us up. Dissect the 80s on Twitter and tell me what you want to see. We got stickers that way because one of our Patreon folks was like, hey, how come we don't have stickers? And I was like, I don't know. We'll do stickers. So if you want to see, be the change you want to see in the world. And uh, don't forget to review the show if you haven't done that. So please go do that. We'll be back in two weeks with what I think is a, um, this is not a bit, not a joke, a genuinely. sassy sister film. (laughs) uh, Yeah, a wonderful companion piece to this. Not a bit. Actually, I think these two movies are a great double feature. Raising Arizona from the Coen brothers, uh, developed at the basically the same time while these these all three of these dudes were living together. I don't know if anybody else was there, but uh, so a lot of overlap, a lot of shared vibes between the two. Really excited to dig into that. You've never seen it before, but I have. I have so not. It'll be fun to talk about. So we'll be back in two weeks for that. Thank you so much for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.